we all have those moments, don't we, where you know, we, we mess up. Or maybe, maybe you can remember when you were playing a game as a kid. Remember that game that we used to play as, as kids called hide and seek, where you would, everyone would sort of go and hide except for one person. You'd find a hiding spot and you would hide away and then that other person had to go and find you. You ever find that perfect hiding spot where they never found you or maybe your brother or sister would then, I know where they are, and dob you in? Yeah. Or maybe then you had kids and you're a little bit older and you play hide and seek and as a parent it's like, okay, you go hide and I'll find you. I'll count to 200. One, two, three, four, five, six. So I forgot. I'll start again. One, two. There's another game we used to play as a kid called Follow the Leader where one person would go in front and then everyone else would, would follow. If you're here on Good Friday, we kind of played it as a church <laughs> where some of our young leaders were, were leading us through some of the reflective times and then we followed them to the cross. But in the game Follow the Leader, some would start hopping and you would follow, you would hop and then so they'd start clapping, you'd clap and then they'd start climbing over the furniture and you're just like, nah. <laughs> Well, maybe you're in a space today where your relationship with Jesus is a little bit like that. It's a little bit like hide and seek. You go, I want to follow the leader. I want to follow my leader. I want to follow Jesus, but I can't find him. I've been praying a prayer, but I don't feel like there's an answer. I've been looking for him, but I can't find him. He's found the ideal hiding spot because I don't know where Jesus is, and I want to follow him, but he's hiding. Today we're going to look at scripture and see that God isn't hiding. He wants to show himself to you. He wants us to follow and he wants us to to show where we can find him on a daily basis. If you feel like he's a bit hidden from you at the moment, then today's message is for you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray today that you would show us through scripture what it is to find you but not only in the ways that you show yourself to us, but Lord, may we also follow you as we follow you through our day-to-day, but also ultimately as we follow you heavenward to our eternal destination. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's message is entitled Follow Me Heavenward. It's part of our Follow Me series, which we're going over the, the theme for our year as we look to Jesus. And when we talk about heavenward, we're going to talk about our final destination, when, when God calls us home. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, but also what does it look like on a daily basis to live out our faith? Have you ever gotten in trouble? Of course, we're all in church, so none of us have ever done anything bad. But, but maybe you know of somebody that's done the wrong thing, and they may have gotten in trouble Picture that person and what it looks like when they're actually caught out. They've been caught out and they've got to look at somebody that's given them a consequence. You know, and when, when it's like kids trying to look at their parents when they've been caught for stealing out of the pantry or something and they, they don't want to make eye contact because they're just too afraid of the consequences and the, the, the judgmental stare of either, either sorrow because I'm so sorry, I'm disappointed in you, or maybe anger because you ate the last egg that I wanted to eat or whatever it was, and, and they don't, you don't want to make eye contact, so you hide away. 
There's also times where we don't want to make eye contact because maybe we're, there's a disproportionate emotion between you and the person that you're looking at. I remember going to a church, a large church, where there was the pastor of that church at the time, and I was with a group, and somebody said, oh, that's the pastor. And I thought, awesome, I'll go and say g'day. I had no idea about who they were or what they had done in their, their journey. They're just another person, so I walked up to them and treated them like any other person, you know, and had a conversation. I turned around and the rest of the group were like sneaking up behind me, like little school children seeing a celebrity going, <laughs> and they could hardly string. These are, these are leaders of churches and professionals. They could hardly string a sentence together because they were awestruck at the person that they were in front of. Disproportionate emotion to, to being in somebody else's presence. It turned out they were a a good person, and had done some stuff in their life, but still, they're just another person. We see those two scenarios play out where people don't want to look someone in the eye for different reasons in Scripture. We see, firstly, in Genesis, in chapter 3 of Genesis, where, where Adam and Eve choose to do the wrong thing and in doing so hurt their relationship with God to the point where Adam has, has disobeyed God and now he's hiding away, talking about hide and seek. He's hiding away to the point where, where God calls out, Adam, where are you? And Adam can hear, but he, can't, he doesn't want to make eye contact, doesn't want to stare in, in the disappointed eyes of his God, and so he hides away. And they have this conversation. But likewise, we see Moses... And this one isn't disproportionate like somebody seeing a celebrity, but Moses goes, look, you are so perfect, God, in Exodus chapter 33, and you are so perfect, and I am imperfect, I would just ask that your presence would walk by me. And God goes, I can, but you can't look at me because I'm perfection. And so Moses says, just your, just your presence being near me would be enough. And so God walks past Moses, and he doesn't look. But he senses his presence and his, his face shines, radiant. If you ever want to play hide and seek, don't play it with Moses at night time. It'd be pretty easy to find him. There's a glow behind the chair. It's like, I always get caught out first time. Why? So we see that there are times when we can't look at God because of his perfection. There's something that's separated us from God when we choose to do the wrong thing. But God wants to be found. God doesn't want to be hidden. He wants a relationship. And so we see in the Old Testament that God leads his people. We see in Exodus chapter 13, as he leads his people through the wilderness, that there's a pillar of cloud. And this pillar of a cloud just appears and they would follow it during the day. And just to make sure they're not following the wrong cloud, at nighttime it turned into a pillar of fire. So it's like the GPS, you know, turn left. It's like, oh, there it is. There's the pillar of fire. We had the wrong cloud. Now I know it's the right one. And they follow this pillar of cloud and it would lead them through the desert. Sometimes it would lead them for a day or a week or a month and then it would stop. And when it would stop, they would set up the, the tent city that they had. They would set it all up and then they would set up in that, that space a special tent where they would meet with God called the Tent of Meeting. And it was later to become the temple. But this was when they were still moving around in the desert. So they would set up this tent, and in the tent was this special place. And, and if we were to say this was like the tent, the special place would be where the drums are. 
And all the drummers said? Yeah, both of them. Excellent. And so... <laughs> And so there's this, this place where the drums are that was called the Holy of Holies. And in there would be the Ark of the Covenant. And in, in that space, there was, a, there was a curtain in the tent of meeting. And when they built the temple, it was a really thick curtain. But in this space, it was, it was this curtain. <laughs> James is excited. Do you want to put a curtain in front of the drums? Is that what that was? Yeah. yeah nice. <laughs> but what we then see take place in, in Numbers chapter 16 is that when they had this tent, a cloud would come down and would, would engulf the tent. And when the cloud came down, people would be able to see it. It wasn't hiding, it was found. They'd go, the cloud is there, God is present. And the, the chief priest would go into the tent and hear from God. See, God wasn't trying to hide. He was trying to be found and trying to, to lead his people. It was follow the leader and was leading him. He'd lead him with instructions in the tent would lead them when the pillar of cloud moved, they would set up and they would move. But God said, I, I want to do better. I want to lead my people more. I, I don't want them wandering in the wilderness. I will give them somebody to follow. We know that they tried to follow people and the kings didn't go so well. They had lots of flaws. So God sent his son and said, I want you to follow this leader. Born into a humble beginning, so that we could relate to him, so that he would experience the things that we experience. We see historically that Jesus came to earth. We see records outside of Christianity that, that show that he was who he was. We see it's indisputable fact that Jesus walked this earth. And even those writings outside of Christianity said that he was worth following. He was a loving guy. He was a compassionate guy. He was a giving guy. He was a generous guy. But we believe that he was the son of God and the saviour of the world. And all of a sudden, the, the disciples know where to look. He gets this team and, and they know exactly who to follow and they follow Jesus. They follow him physically where he goes. They follow his, his way of living, how he, he, he shares, how he speaks how he stands up for injustice, how he forgives, how he shows love, how he shows grace, how he shows mercy. Time and time again, they follow him. And then something takes place, which we remembered just a few days ago, on Good Friday, that Jesus is put on the cross. And all of a sudden, when Jesus dies, his disciples don't know where to look. So in the Old Testament, they looked up at the clouds and they would follow the cloud or they'd follow the, the, the voice of God through his prophets. So when Jesus walked the earth, they could see someone physically that they could follow, but now it's like hide and seek. He's hidden and they don't know where to look. They don't know where to fix their eyes. They scatter. Some are, some are afraid. Some are ashamed. Peter denies Jesus three times and is so ashamed that he, he denied not just his, his friend but his, his leader. and says, I'm, I'm, I'm so ashamed. And each time he denied, it gets worse and worse to the point where he doesn't want to look at Jesus in his face. We then see that his disciples are walking along a road. Three days later, Jesus has risen again. But where are they looking? Well, they're looking down because they're down and, and in despair and with sorrow. Jesus appeared to them in Luke chapter 24 and starting in verse 17. And Jesus asked them, 
what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. And one of them named Cephas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and doesn't know the things that have happened here in these last days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, he replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and in deed before God and all people. And here we see some disciples that are just going through the motions. They're not really looking at the person that is with them, but they're showing hospitality. They invite the person back to their home. They have some conversations. And then while they're at the table and they're having something to eat, Jesus reaches for the little plastic cup and he pulls back the little plastic lid. (laughs) Not quite. It's not in Jesus' words. It's not so much in even, even the way that Jesus looked, but it was in Jesus' actions that they saw who he was. He took the bread and he broke it. And all of a sudden, everything that took place at that last supper was revealed to them. <gasps> this is what it meant. This is what that meant when he said it back there. We, we just thought he was trippy or something. We don't know what he was meaning back when he did that before he went to the cross. But, but here it is. Remember what he did. Remember that he said three days later he would rise again. It made sense. And the Bible says he disappears. I reckon that would freak me out as well. <laughs> it's having, where's he gone? Jesus then shows himself, he showed himself to the women, women that had gone to the, the tomb, evidence that he was alive, the Roman guard that was stationed at the, the face of the tomb where the stone was rolled away, saw, saw an angel and were frightened to the, the point of where they just trembled and were shaking, didn't know what to do. We see, we see the evidence of Jesus' resurrection time and time again. He showed himself to, to 500 at one point. He ate with him. He called out his words and actions and by the, the, the authority in his voice and the miracles that took place once he, he rose again was evidence that he was alive. And so once again, his disciples knew where to look. And they're looking at him and they're following him, which leads us to a passage that's not often read, especially around Easter. Found in Acts chapter 1. Starting at verse 6, and his disciples, they, they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They were expecting Jesus, his death and resurrection, to, to, to make him into a mighty warrior king like David, to lead the Israel into a superpower nation that would take over the earth for God. And Jesus lovingly corrects them and says to them, It's not for you to know the time or date that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. This is the correction. It's not just about Jews and Israel. In Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I haven't come just for one people group. I have come for all humankind. After he had said this, he was taken away from them before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside him. 
Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back the same way that you've seen him go into heaven. Picture this. You're at an airport and you see a plane take off and it goes up into the clouds. If you've ever watched it, sometimes you've got no depth perception of the clouds at that distance. So sometimes you see the wingtip stick out. Sometimes the clouds actually sort of go away and you can see the whole plane again. And then all of a sudden it's gone. But you're still looking for a wingtip and you're still looking for a glimpse. The same things happens. The disciples are here and they're staring into the clouds as Jesus ascends into heaven. As if the cloud was going to descend like it did on the Holy of Holies. They're looking up to God who's gone up and looking for direction, looking for leadership, looking for guidance, once again staring at the clouds. When all of a sudden next to them appears these angels and they're like, what are you guys doing? Like, did you just hear what he said? Did you hear what your instructions were? You were to bear witness. Stop staring in the clouds. You have a job to do. Jesus didn't come so that you can just be staring off daydreaming. You have to bear witness. What do you bear witness to? Bear witness to what Jesus did. God didn't hide himself from us. God revealed himself to us through Jesus. And we are to show Jesus in the way that we live as the way we bear witness to one another through love and kindness and forgiveness and generosity and grace and peace and love. Standing up for injustice, standing up for the things that are wrong in this world, standing up for, for the times that people are hurting others in a way that's just not appropriate. The way that Jesus stood against the, the things that were wrong in this world but embraced the things that were right. The way that Jesus took people who, who were, were sinners and loved them back to hell. To health. Didn't love them back to health. That was wrong. Love them back to health. You see, when it comes to our relationship with God, we broke our relationship with God way back in Genesis and we've been breaking it ever since. Each and every one of us have done something to to damage our relationship with God. Now, if God is perfect, he can't have imperfection with him, which means we can't follow him heavenward because of the wrong things that we've done. From From the moment that Adam sinned, he was hiding himself from God, going, God, don't look at me, I'm so sorry. Peter's like, Jesus, don't look at me, I've messed up. The woman caught in adultery was, was down on the ground when people were going to put judgment upon her. The woman at the well was like, no, the disciples were ashamed to come back. The disciples walking on the road to Emmaus didn't even want to look up to see who they were with. They, was, they were fixing their eyes on all different places. Yet while we were still sinners, God died for us to show us firstly how to live, but then, then he rose again. He's not dead. He's still alive. And we can fix our eyes on him. We can fix our eyes because when Adam was, was doing the wrong thing, God said, I want to cover you. I want to cover you with some clothes and cover your shame and restore you into a relationship with me. Yes, there's consequences, but I want to restore you. The woman caught in adultery, Jesus said, look at my eyes. Do you see anybody else judging you? And if others aren't going to judge you, I don't judge you either. Go and sin no more. Stop doing what you're doing wrong. 
but I don't see the sin, I see the person, the woman caught at the well, a social outcast because of her lifestyle. Jesus came alongside her and loved her and gave her purpose once again. The lepers, the, the people wouldn't go anywhere near. Jesus would show love and kindness and mercy to. Peter, his closest friend that totally betrayed him, he restored him, but not only that, said, now you know what it is to reject me. I want to call you to something greater now. Because of that, use that. Be my rock. Be my rock. Be a fixed point for others to depend upon from now on. The disciples came, doubting Thomas, believed. And people, once again, knew where to look. I want you to realize that your relationship can be made right between you and God, not because of what we do, because we see time and time again in the Bible, people fail. But Jesus stood in the gap and said, I haven't failed, but what I will do is I will take your punishment onto myself. I will take your consequences. I will take the separation that you deserve, and I will take the separation. And he died on the cross for you and for me. But then he rose again. He rose again for a purpose. He rose again because our God's not dead. He's surely alive. And when we look for God, we can look for God in some different ways. Firstly, if you're trying to look to see what Jesus looks like, if you're trying to find something you think is hidden, I want to say you can look in God's word. You can find Jesus in the stories that are about him in the Gospels, in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But you can see the disciples, how they followed him throughout the rest of the New Testament as they went about showing Jesus' love to those around him. We can see how Jesus dealt with forgiveness. We see how Jesus dealt with injustice. We see how Jesus dealt with those that, that were outcasts in society. We see how Jesus took people that were broken and healed them back to wholeness in the case of Zacchaeus and some of the other stories we've already mentioned. We see the way that Jesus loved. But Jesus also said in Acts chapter 1, that I'm sending the Holy Spirit. We see that Moses could hear God when he said, I don't want to look at your face. Adam and Eve could hear God when they didn't want to look at his face. Even the disciples on the road to Emmaus didn't look at Jesus but could hear his words. And we can hear God through the Spirit when we spend time in prayer. He's not hiding himself from us. It's just a matter of being willing to pray and listen to the answer. But more than that, when it comes to our ultimate relationship with God, following him to heaven, there's something that the disciples had missed out on and something that I think we miss out on too. Because the disciples were still looking at the clouds and they missed the point. They missed the point and sometimes we do too. We think that heaven is the end destination, but we forget about the journey. You see, Jesus taught us how to pray and I'm going to say the prayer and then at the end of the service, we're going to say it together. But I'm just going to speak it out because I'm only going to say half of it. And it's really awkward to stop the Lord's Prayer halfway through. Okay, so just to save you the tension, I'll speak it out. And then at the end, it'll be up on the screen and we can say it together. See, the whole reason that we're here is Jesus said that, that not only is our eternal destination heaven, but we get to live in heaven right now. He says, when you pray, how do you find Jesus? Through his word. And through prayer, pray this prayer. Our Father in heaven is authority. We know where he is. This is. We're praying to someone bigger than ourselves. Hallowed is your name. Hallowed means holy. The word holy means set apart, above all names. 
You are our Father. You are above us. You are greater than us. I am praying to a greater being, a greater power, far beyond my abilities. And if I'm looking for a God, I want someone better than myself, which isn't that hard because I can't even move a stand. But, but it's great having a, a, a powerful Father whose name is above all names, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You are to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Jesus didn't come and die and rise again just so that we can go to heaven. Jesus came, showed us how to live, didn't hide himself, but show us what love looked like, what forgiveness looked like, what mercy looks like, what justice looks like so that we could share that message to the ends of the earth and bring his will, his kingdom to earth. We have a job to do. If you're a believer, it, the end destination isn't just heaven. The journey, we get to see glimpses of heaven all, the way along, all, all along the way. I want to say every time we see someone make a decision to follow Jesus, we see a glimpse of heaven. We've seen these glimpses of heaven through the, the waters of baptism. It's really sad we had to put the drum kit back on it. You know, there's no baptisms this week, but it's been so great when we see people out of obedience go through the waters of baptism. It's amazing when we, we see somebody say, well, do you know what? I, I, I think God's calling me to do that, but it's not my will but yours, so I'm going to step out and stand up for something in the workplace. I'm going to say something within my family. I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to change this part of my life. And every time we do that out of obedience for the way that Jesus has led us, we see a glimpse of heaven. We can find Jesus in his word. We can find Jesus in prayer and we can find Jesus when we see his people that are obedient to his call in their life. How do we find and how do we follow Jesus? Have the same answers. We follow him by seeing how he lived. We follow him by spending time in prayer and being guided through the Spirit. And we follow him when the body of Christ moves in the direction that he calls us to move in. Our God is not dead. He is fully alive. We can follow Jesus heavenward. Ultimately, because of what he did on the cross for our eternal destination. But we can follow Jesus heavenward every single day. As we can see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven as we bear witness to Jesus. We're going to finish our service by praying the Lord's Prayer together, and then we'll, we'll sing. I'm not going to finish. I'm going to finish the message bit. So, Angie's eyes, just for a second. It's a little bit of... Sorry, Angie. But let's um, say this together. And as we say it, I want you to picture. Sometimes we can say these words as a, as a chant or something that's really repetitive. I want you to read it thinking about what does it look like to find Jesus but to follow him. How do we follow Jesus? If this is the prayer that he wants us to pray, what does this mean for me in the way that I live out my life and impact others? Let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us.
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have not hidden yourself from us, that you have not only just revealed yourself through your Son, but God, that you have revealed your will for us through your word, through prayer, and Lord, through our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I pray this morning as we reflect that the God that we worship is not dead, that he is alive, that he has risen and he has risen indeed. That when we pray, we are not praying to an idea, we're not praying to, to some old manuscript from thousands of years ago, but we are praying to the living God. Lord, that we are praying to the God that wants to look us in the eye and say, I love you, I see you, I forgive you, follow me. Lord, that when we pray, it's not an emptiness, but there is purpose in why you created us. And Lord, that we can be the difference as we bear witness to who Jesus is in our life, as we can bring the kingdom onto this earth the same as it is in heaven. Lord, I pray that you would awaken in us a hunger for your word, because in that we find a hunger for who you are. Would you awaken us a desire to bring things before you in prayer as we seek to change our life to follow you more and more each day? And you would help us to have eyes to see the glimpses of heaven and the opportunities to bring your word, your love, your mercy, your grace into our day-to-day lives as we become your ambassadors to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.